Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first edition of the Borderline podcast with me, Gareth Soy. And um, this is going to be a lighthearted sort of look at uh, things going on in the Irish news with our wonderful neighbours and involved both from England and Northern Ireland. So for the first episode, I thought, who could I possibly invite? is the most famous person in Britain at the moment, has the biggest podcast listened to in Britain at the moment, and is as completely and utterly disorganized as I am. So with that, welcome, please, the host of The Dallying Pod, Mr. James Dallingpole. Thank you so much for having me on your show. On your, I, I feel honored to be your first guest. Well, you should be. I mean, it is, it is an honor. Um, as usual, us Irish people like to help out you British people whenever we can because because <laughs> you because you need it. Um, we we need you. We do. We yes, do. You, we do. So the first thing I thought I would bring up is for those of you who don't know, James has had a um, recent involvement in Ireland, which has shocked the very country to its core. Um, as you may know, James, we recently had an election, um, which I don't know. I can't even remember when it was now at this stage. It was a while ago. But um, yeah. we still don't have a government because what happened in the election was that lots and lots of people voted for Sinn Féin. And that was all down to you, wasn't it? Uh Almost certainly. Just remind me of what I did to get Shin. Oh, <laughs> you mean my badges? Yes. So James hosts. James, of course, oh, host of the Dallying Pod. James, host of the Dallying Pod, sends out to all his listeners who send him money. I think it's like a thousand euro or something they send him, and he sends them off yeah. a little badge that says SF, and they, everyone walks around yeah. with their SF badge. So I think what happened, James, was that in the UK, you had all these people walking around with their Sinn Féin badges on and everybody said, well, that's great. We, we're now, it's acceptable to vote for them. And they all voted for them. So thank you. Thank, thank you for turning us into an even bigger yeah. Marxist tellhole than we were before. I'm, I'm so sorry, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It, it must be the reason because um, not only do these badges say SF on them, but also they're in the shape of a red pill. You know, it's kind of a Matrix-style red pill. And I think people probably thought that, that if they voted Sinn Féin, it would make them kind of, kind of edgy or maybe a bit like Keanu Reeves. So I'm really, really sorry for having done that to your country. Although, to be honest, to be honest, it was fairly ruined anyway, wasn't it? I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry to say this. I, I love Ireland. I, I, I always, I've, ha I've had great crack, as I believe you call it. I like a bit of crack um, with, 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 with the Irish. I've been over a couple of times, um, or three times recently, uh, where I had to hang out with you, unfortunately, in Dublin. And every time I come, I feel saddened at what your great country has become. Is that, is that am I being unfair? I mean, you really have been kind of ruined by social justice warrior well you know i'm i'm sort of not really allowed to say because being from northern ireland i'm not really allowed to be irish only sometimes i'm allowed oh, yeah. to be irish i am if i do the right things but yes i mean 
what you're saying. Can I say it though? Yeah, well, you can say whatever you want. You're British and you get away with everything. I mean, it's not as if anyone in Ireland is going to call you names or anything for it. Or what? Or, or kneecap me or, or whatever. Kneecap. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you say that actually, because I think that is very much our perception in Britain of, of being Irish. It's kind of your get out of jail free because whatever you say in that accent, not your accent, you've got a normal Irish accent, but, 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 but whatever you say in an Irish accent sounds kind of amused and, and not to be taken too seriously and in the spirit of fun. And, 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 and uh, you're very lucky in that respect, I think, in Ireland. Uh, maybe we are, yes. Um, I don't know about being lucky in other respects. So, so just quickly going back to the election thing, do, are you aware, do you know um, the state of our government at the minute? Do you know what's going on? I, I probably know the answer um, to that, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think you can, you, you've correctly inferred the answer. I haven't a bloody clue. <laughs> yes. um, I, well, I, I, I dare I, you. I, I dare you not know exactly what's going on here. We're your closest neighbours. You should know everything about us. It's... It's very true. The last time I was over, I remember we went in a taxi to that um, that expensive curry house that you take me to and ins- always insist on paying. So thank you. Thank you for that, Gareth. Um, and I'm always struck by how incredibly well informed on British politics the cab drivers of Dublin are. And it's not something that I'm afraid is reciprocated in this country. And I, and I don't feel good about that. I think it's sad. At the same time, though, I rather feel that if I did know what was going on in Irish politics, I would be even more depressed about the future of Ireland than I am already. Is that correct? Well, maybe. I mean, the reason probably why our our cab drivers, God bless them, in this difficult time for them, know so much about um, British politics is we have such brilliant people like Fenton O'Toole telling us every day everything how Britain does everything wrong, but we, we'll get on to him in a moment. Technically, we don't have a government, but we sort of have a government. Some people are the government. Some people aren't the government. Some people are going to be the government. And Leo has his shirt off. So that's sort of where we are. What happened was we, we had an election, I think. I, I can't remember when it was. It might have been around the same time as your election. I honestly don't know. No, it might have been later. But we had an election. Everyone voted for everyone, so no one won. We all came second, I think. And since then, no one can agree to form the government. So we've just all trundled along with everyone still doing the same thing. So we have this sort of, I don't know if it's unique or not, but we have this wonderful position where some of our ministers, so our minister for children, our minister for sport, and about 50 other things, which I can't remember, now that both of them lost their seat at the last election, but they're still our ministers, which apparently in a unique Irish way is perfectly legal. Um, so, I mean, this would be like you, who lost who, who lost their seat, big news in the last election in, in the UK, that would be still like you. I guess Michael Portillo could still be a minister if you really wanted him to be. That's, I don't know, is, does that make us good, bad, or are we in trouble? I don't know. Who knows? What do you think? It's probably... <laughs> It's probably a function of your very, very limited talent pool, isn't it? I mean, what what is the population of Ireland? It's pretty small. I, we're, I, I better be careful now because are, are you talking about Ireland? Are you talking about the whole island or just the Republic of Ireland? Or I don't really know. This. I'm talking it's about sort of like four. Or five I'm million. talking about the yeah, exactly. So so that's the thing that that I think it. 
this is partly why your politicians are so drawn to to Europe, to the EU, because they see that as a chance to make themselves bigger and more important. I mean, I was very struck in the run-up to Brexit when you, you, you saw these BBC Inside the EU documentaries, just how many senior function, functionaries were, were Irish. And I suppose you, in, in Ireland, you're a, you can be a, a big fish in a small pond, but in the European Union, you get, you get to have, you know, influence over... I, don't, I mean, I don't want to sound patronising here, um, but, I mean... My feeling about Irish politics is that you have exceptionally low-grade people because you're a small country with a limited talent pool. And I, I'm, not, I'm not dissing Ireland. I mean, Ireland has a population of, what, 65 million? Yes, and, and you, you elected Boris... Yeah, I mean they're absolute shit. Yeah, and and when you think that Boris was the best available option at the time, which he was, yeah. I mean, it's it, lots of people now are saying, "Oh, you shouldn't have supported Boris." Blah blah blah. They forget how easily people forget just how little choice there was in in the matter. It was either Boris or a Marxist. It was it was really that simple. Um, but I look across the water. Um, and I see people like Leo Varadkar, who in his fantasies is President Bieber of, of Canada. And I think, oh my goodness, you poor people. Imagine being governed by such... And amazingly so, um, much like yourselves, Leo is the best of the bunch. We, uh, we have the choice of Leo. Um, who was a failed health minister, by the way. We we have Michal Martin, leader of Fianna Fáil, who's another failed health minister. I think you might see a bit of a pattern here. Um, or we have... There's a, there's a theme here. Yeah, it's it's almost as... Because I was thinking... Health services There's are, a job for them. Yeah. Oh, what, what, what? They can be well, head of the NHS? No, they could be friends of China. They could be the next head of the World Health Organization. Because you realise you realize that the current head of the WHO... Tedros. Tedros, yeah. Was, I mean, he's, I, don't, I don't think he's got any medical experience, but he, but he was the health minister in, for the Marxist government of Ethiopia. Uh, uh, and, and if you think, you think Leo Varadkar is bad, I mean, imagine how, how bad the Marxist Ethiopian government was when when Tedros was was around. yeah well in fairness to Leo he is actually a doctor um he's he, right uh, so he has that over the other guy but um Trump obviously was racist when he stopped giving Dr. Tedros and the WHO some money yesterday don't really know how but he yes that's so racist definitely racist because it wasn't racist when the WHO wouldn't admit that Taiwan exists now, we, as long as we can make that clear, that's not racist. But Trump not giving the money, that is racist, just so as we're clear. <laughs> Interestingly, talking about he health, have you been out clapping every Thursday night then for your wonderful NHS? Um, very sadly, I've got, I've got very sensitive palms. I suppose it's from, you know, years of excess masturbation or something. And so my doctor has advised me never, never to clap Um communist healthcare failing communist healthcare system okay so well if on 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 my doctor's advice good i haven't been doing good, yeah. it well i mean if it's your doctor advise you your doctor's obviously a member of the nhs and he obviously knows better than everyone else because 
only godlike people can be members of the NHS. So I'm glad you're listening to your betters. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I, I look forward to the day and I and I don't think it's gonna be far off now when when the NHS is a bit like we revere it in the same way that the, the, the Soviets used to revere the crumbling body of of Lenin in his in his mausoleum, that kind of thing. I would imagine that it won't be far off when we get May Day parades with all our tanks and and entrepreneurs and and whatever else marching through the streets of London in honour of our NHS. I, I look forward to it. Um, of course, obviously, this being Ireland, we we do things better than you as usual. So what what we do here is. We have two health services, one that works absolutely magnificently. It's just fantastic. If you're sick, you're brought into hospital, you're treated in a really good hospital, you're treated by really good guys, you're, you're fixed up and you're let on your way. It honestly works brilliantly. And we have another one, mm -hmm. which is a bottomless pit of money, which doesn't work. People die, people are never seen, people get sick. It's just a horrid, horrid place. Uh, so the second one there obviously is the best one and that's the one that we keep throwing money at and um, yeah. in case you didn't know in the last few weeks during all our wonderful coronavirus stuff what we what our our marvelous uh, government people decided to do was we had to use the bad one to buy off the good one so all of our private health our beds were taken over by our public health care because the, cor <laughs> the corona disaster was going to kill everyone so we needed all those beds so um yeah for the last few weeks or months um all our private consultants and doctors have been doing nothing because they couldn't because the public uh, guys owned them or took over their beds or took their beds home i don't really know i stopped paying attention because as you know i have a very short attention span so perhaps you should do that in the UK as well. Perhaps you should get the NHS to buy Bupa. Do you still have Bupa? Are they still a thing? I think I think they are. They are still a thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm sure that there's a similar situation in 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 the UK. I mean, I mean, I think national health service, socialised medicine generally, I think has a a fairly similar track record around the world, doesn't it? A track record of of failure. Sorry, you mean there's evidence that socialism doesn't work? Surely not. You, well, you, no. I mean that's not true because obviously socialism has never been tried properly. So how how do we know whether it works or not? I I think it probably will. Um, but no. Um, I was just wondering actually which which of our two countries has been more lunatic in its response to the coronavirus i'm i'm guessing probably ireland edges it i just i can't imagine ireland well, wetting the bed over coronavirus i don't i don't know all, all i know is you know i can i watch our media and what i do know is that um britain has done everything wrong while ireland has done everything right uh boris has murdered lots of elderly people i think while leo uh, gave some majestic speech. I can't remember if he had his shirt off or on when he gave this speech, but but Leo, I think, was being promoted to be president of the world or something. So, no, I think we did everything right and you did everything wrong. That tends right, okay. 
to be re- what's reported here a lot. So, I mean, our media obviously tell the truth. They don't lie about these things. Yeah. Yes, you don't really have a... Well, we don't have a free press either, though. You know, I mean, it's we are very similar. I know, I know lots of Irish people would, would, would balk at that, that horrible suggestion, but I really think we are... We are very similar. We're both, we're both quite a long way down the road towards, towards socialism, and with all that, that entails. We are, and yes, lots of Irish people would balk at that because certain places here, your Irishness is defined by just how un-British you are. So uh, the the more we hit you, lot, I think you the more Irish you become. Who's that that man that I annoyed that that radio? show host that i did the interview with that you took me to oh yes on um, rte sh- yes um sean who has just uh recently announced his retirement has he has he actually retired or not at the minute sean o'rourke um sean didn't like it what did you say that uh we, we i said to, him, to give up our yes i was talking about the the european union here's the thing that that puzzles me that 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 for years you've celebrated in poetry and prose the achievements of things like of, of your brave people in Easter 1916, and it's been commemorated by Yeats, and, and you celebrate how you threw off the yoke of the British and you can go and see the post office museum and you can still see the bullet holes in the wall, and it's, it's become part of your national pride and identity. And yet, Having thrown off the tyrannical British yoke, you've gone and embraced a much more tyrannical, anti-democratic superstate, and and subsumed all your every last vestige of your national identity in this superstate, to the point where Ireland is really unrecognisable as Ireland. I mean, if you go to go to Dublin now, you could be in any European city. It's not really recognisably Irish anymore. And I didn't, I didn't make the point at quite such length, but that what I what I was getting at. And he said, I asked the questions. <laughs> I think he felt he felt that I was perhaps, um, you know, um, uh, acting above my station. Yes, well, you you were in RTE at the time, and um, you you sort of need to know how to obey the rules in RTE. That w- whatever the RTE higher echelon staff say must not be yeah. disagreed with because these people are simply better than us. I mean, you think the BBC is bad. The BBC is nothing compared to RTE. If the BBC wants lessons in nepotism, in ridiculousness, they just need to come over here, go to Donnybrook um, and have a word with the people in RTE. You know, by the way, we, we have to, much like yourselves, we have to pay for a TV license um, under threat of prison for RTE. Yeah. But 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 they also have advertisement. Um and in recent years, which I don't know, I don't think the British I don't think you have come up with this idea yet. So here's another way we're better than you will give you a better idea. What we're doing or what has if we ever get a government back, what what is happening here is the TV license is being abolished. Uh because some bright spark realized you don't actually need a TV anymore to uh, watch TV <laughs> or to do things. So we're 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 changing it to. I think the last name was the broadcasting charge. So we have to be we have to pay a. I think it's about 150 euros per year now 
that if we have any single device capable of receiving any broadcast from anywhere, then we must pay this, which all goes to RTE. So there you are, BBC. There's your way out of the TV license. I think this is, if you look at the rise and fall of civilizations, what you find historically, repeated throughout history, is that when, when governments start doing that, when they start taxing um, in ever more ingenious fashion to wring every last drop out of the, the private sector, that's a sign that, 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 a, that a state is, is, is on its last legs. I mean, I think uh, <laughs> I, you, I was thinking about this today, actually. I was thinking, you know, you know there's this, this talk about how with the Chinese growing more tyrannical in Hong Kong, that what Britain ought to do is, is give passports to all these people who are being persecuted by the Chinese and, and, and set up a, a, a kind of a free port like Hong Kong in Britain. But I was thinking that option would eat equally be open to Ireland. I mean, imagine, imagine if you, if you had me as your TSOC, um, heaven forbid, but, but I'd be so good for you. I, I would be saying, okay, we're going to make, I don't know, where would you put, where would you put the free port? Where, where in Ireland? Somewhere, somewhere with good, with a good airport, I guess. I mean, maybe Cork yeah, well, be a free we, port. We could, we, yeah, we could build it on Shannon because probably people wouldn't really notice. Sorry, people of Shannon, that's not really fair, but, yeah, I'd, I'd but you could, could you? you being T shock though, can you? What do you look like with your shirt off? Will you? Will, uh, will that think, work? Actually, actually, do you know? Not bad now. I used to. There was a terrible picture of me when I was when I was really ill with Lyme disease. I looked like the liberation of Belson. I mean, I, I, I really was. It, it, it's quite terrifying now. I look like a, a man who is seriously malnourished, and you can actually see my ribs sticking out and stuff. But now. I mean, I've, I've, I've gone downhill a bit since I haven't had access to my personal trainer for the last 10 weeks. But I was looking not buff exactly, but not, not like skeletal either. So that's a long answer to a short question. Basically, but, I think that in a, in a, in a man-off with, with, um, with Varadka, I would, I would emerge as the Putin of that particular um, setup. Uh, yes. Uh, but, and I can ride a horse, uh, you, don't forget. Well, yeah, you can fall off one too, can't you? I, yeah, well, that's part of it. That's part of it. <laughs> but you, you said you, you, you haven't, you haven't had access to your personal trainer in the last ten weeks. So, what you're saying is that your health has suffered a little. Surely not. I mean, surely you can't. Your health can't have suffered during this period where all our health has been saved. I'd say, I'd say, actually, my mental health has suffered more than my. I mean, I live, I live in a lovely part of the country. Um, and I actually, I'm unlike some people, I'm actually quite fond of my, of my family. So it hasn't been too much of an ordeal. But at the same time, I think I'm not sure it's natural being kept under house arrest, however lovely your home may be for for 10 weeks by your government on the basis of the flimsiest evidence imaginable, or basically on, on the computer uh, on the computer projections of a discredited modeler um with a track record of failure the, it, 
I mean, I'm I'm almost lost for words at the lunacy of of my government's policy and your government's policy. There is so little evidence to justify it, and I think I think we haven't even really begun to feel the pain that's coming our way yet. I think that that the economic damage it's going to do is enormous, which is why actually I I mentioned that Hong Kong thing. Um, that the only way we're going to get out of this mess is also the only only route we're not going to take. And the only way out of this 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 mess is lower taxes, freer markets, except where trading with China is concerned. Um, you know, we, we, we need we need the, the kind of animal spirits of free market capitalism to get us out of this hole that we've dug for ourselves quite unnecessarily. And having a kind of free port like Hong Kong, be it in in Britain or in Ireland would be a fantastic way of of signaling what happens to any economy that embraces low tax and free markets, as as Hong Kong itself proved over a period of years. And I know that we're not going to take it. I know that whatever the worst worst route is, Ireland is going to say, "Yeah, hold my beer. We're we're, we're going to take that route, and we're going to we're going to do it even more badly than England does." Yes, we do do everything better than you. Thank you for admitting that. Um, yeah, you do. You, your son, is your son still in Hong Kong? Um, how, yes, how he is. Thing? And uh, are you are you worried? Is this a worrying time for you I, all? I I worry for him greatly. He doesn't worry, no, not least because he's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he actually takes a remarkably um, Chinese line on this. He thinks that he thinks that the the protesters are kind of slightly. Well, I don't, I don't want to drop him in it. I think he takes a pragmatic line. His view is look. Um, the lot of a a young person growing up in Hong Kong is so much better than somebody growing up in in the mainland China because the economic opportunities are are so much better. And his view is, if you've got a communist government in charge, then you kind of have to suck it up and and yes, hope that one day they get replaced, but that actually to go out on the streets protesting uh is just kind of inviting her own destruction so he's got a sort of very pragmatic view and he doesn't i think a lot of people at the moment in hong kong a lot of lot of sort of westerners and stuff are still thinking to themselves that they can find an accommodation with all this that they just want to the business of hong kong is making money basically and i think that they're hoping that continues for a while i think if if china started fiddling with the 10 percent what is it? Fifteen percent tax rate. I think then then there might be there might be stirrings of of, of resentment and objection. Okay, well, they, if they don't like taxes, they tell them not to move to Ireland anyway. Um, well, what's the own... tax rate in Ireland? Fifty something. The the actual tax rate in Ireland is about one hundred and fourteen percent at the minute. If you add up all the other things that we get taxed on. Yeah. The, the 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 worst thing, as you know, um, I was a big fan fan of Brexit. Um, but the one thing that Brexit ruined for us is that, I mean, technically, what you really sh- you should have done is just do what Ireland does a lot to the EU and just goes piss off. We're 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 not doing that. We're doing this, especially when it comes to taxes, because. You know, you might have heard about the whole Apple thing where we have to pay 14 billion or something to the EU because we didn't charge Apple any tax because the Apple operation ran out of a little tiny office in 
in Cork. But we also have um, a tax called VRT. Do you, do you know what that is? You've never heard of that, have you? No. So, okay. So I can buy a lovely car in the UK. You, you really have some nice cars. And your, your cars are much better spec than ours. Um, so if, if BMW sends a car to the UK, it has a much, much, much better spec than the, the same car BMW sends to Ireland. I think they're racist or something. I don't know. Yes. But the reason that is, is because if your car comes here and your car is a bit too nice and it has something like, you know, electric seats, then obviously you're clearly far too rich. So you need to pay a lot of tax on that. So where our cars get taxed that isn't, you know, or sorry, we get specs that aren't great. So I can go over to England. I could go over and, you know, go visit you next week. And well, I can't because I'm not allowed, but or I have to stay at home for two weeks afterwards. I'm not really sure what the law is. But I could buy my nice BMW in the UK with its nice spec, and I could buy it for cheaper than I can buy it here in Ireland at the minute. Yeah. But when I bring it back here, I have to pay this wonderful tax called VRT, Vehicle Registration Tax. Uh, so if I buy my BMW for €20,000 in the UK... I could actually come back here and have to pay maybe up to 10,000 euro tax to bring that here um, because of reasons. So now they can get away with it because you rotters left the EU. But when you were in the EU, there was supposed to be no barriers to trade between EU countries. But surely this is a barrier to trade. So, you know, we are in the EU, but when it comes to things like this, apparently we're not. Um, anyway, we can't do it now because all the rest of the EU drives on the wrong side of the road, So, which we probably will soon because it'll just be something else to piss you lot off about. Why didn't you just tell the EU to piss off and just do your own things instead of leaving? That wouldn't be very British, though, would it? Well, no, I think partly it's because the civil service, the deep state, actually liked... The relationship with the European Union. That's the that was the problem. There was there was there was an establishment which I, well you saw it during Brexit, didn't you? Um, well, you still see it um, last week with them tweeting from which one of your number tens Twitter account or something like that. Yeah, Someone yeah. tweeting that uh, about coming should have been sacked. Yeah, there was a tradition when we were members of the e- EU of gold plating. That the French, for example, were famous for no, I do, it does not suit me this particular regulation. Therefore, I would completely ignore it because I am French. Whereas, Brit- the British civil service seems to be right. Okay, so this calls us this 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 regulation calls us over for us to be bent over and spanked. Um, but let's amend it so that we get gang raped because that will be that will embed it properly in our system you know the, the, it was called gold plating and uh, <laughs> it's one reason why we so hate the european union because we probably suffered from membership more than most member states surely surely gang rape is part of your upbringing if you go to public school yeah yeah but know? yeah but that, that that's a cultural <laughs> thing and that's that we you know i mean if, if you enjoy it it's one thing but if it's if it's conducted against your will then it's something else isn't it you mustn't understand that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, fine, yeah. Yes, I was I, I, I was brought up a Catholic, so yes, that type of thing. 
is is well known here as well yeah you've got the christian brothers i mean so yeah yes they're very christian yeah um so just just to let you go um to finish up with we 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 mentioned them earlier on our number one journalist i think he is at the moment um fenton o'toole do you know who fenton o'toole is i've heard his name uh, and that's about it, really. Well, can it? you can you tell me? I imagine that, that there are equivalents in the UK media. Is he is he like is he like a cross between Piers Morgan and um, Kathy Newman and um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. And Yasmin Alibi Brown. Well, is he that kind of person? Well, not really. Fenton's more of a cross between um, God and God. Um, oh yeah. So really, all I wanted to know was, had you heard of Fenton? And you know, probably the biggest insult you can have to Fenton is saying no, you hadn't. So that's great that you haven't. But um, Fenton, Fenton spends a lot of his time writing here, and in the Guardian, by the way, Fenton gets a lot of press in the Guardian about just how evil and horrible and vile you lot are. Yeah. Um, and America, of course. Yeah. Um, you, you're you're pretty much as bad as them. So he, he he doesn't like you. You know he he takes a lot of your money, but he doesn't like you. I bet he likes me. Uh, maybe you could look him up. Just I'm, just to I'm, know I'm, who I'm he is. I'm googling now. It's like I bet that Fintan O'Toole. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you can see that he fancies himself. Definitely, I can see that already. He's got that kind yeah. of sort of windswept look. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I see. And he's he's written yeah. he's written a movie, Bobby Sands' Sixty Six Days. Oh, and he's won the Orwell Prize for journalism, which is always a a mark of of crapness. Oh my goodness! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So, so the, well, part of the reason why I brought Fenton up is because I think Fenton deserves the nickname which you gave to me. Now, when I started and I was asked <laughs> to do this podcast, I asked was a I asked, was I allowed to curse on it? And I was told, well, yes, but just not too much. So I think we've managed to get through it without cursing, which is which is quite remarkable for me. But we're going to have we're going to use one bad word because I think Fenton deserves the nickname which you gave to me, somewhat unfairly. Although, if I'm honest, I think it might be the greatest nickname ever. But what is it you you called me? I'm only going to say say this once because it is it is kind of the mother of all swear words. Um, yes, and it probably is more appropriate to him. Uh, Leprechaunt. <laughs> yes, this is this is James' little pet name for me. So it's affectionate uh, in, your, in your that, case, I, but but I think it, with Finton, I think it, it, it might not it be is, affectionate. It is. It is. Yes. Um, so thank you very much, James. Thank you for giving me the greatest nickname ever. My pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on the inaugural edition of the Borderline. Long may it continue. And. Uh, hopefully hopefully it'll go on for at least another two uh, or three or maybe if i can manage to persuade anyone else to come on to it yeah. but before we go we must remind everyone to listen to james on his own podcast which is called jim it's called the delling pod and it's really good actually d-e-l-i-n-g-p-o-d delling pod yeah well done, and and it's available in all good bookshops. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah on on the usual outlets. Yeah, it's it, it's great. Yes. 
Well, thank you very much, James, and to everyone else. Thank you for listening, and hopefully I'll talk to you all again soon. Bye-bye.